It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. And thanks to everyone who has done that so far. I think if you go right here, this little corner, there's a button. So just click that, click subscribe, and watch every single episode of the show. We're going to be doing live shows coming up here with the NFL Draft in just a couple of days. Well, I guess more than a couple of days, 22 days. We'll be doing a live show twice that night at 7 o'clock and then later on when the Carolina Panthers are finally done in the first round after we see what they do. Do they stay at 6? Do they trade back? I don't know. We're going to find out very shortly here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll talk about that here on Lockdown Panthers when the time comes. Also be sure to... Listen to the show on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher. We're everywhere. We are on every single one of them. So thanks to everyone who listens there. And thanks to everyone who follows me on Twitter. Where every single Friday, if you want to participate with the show, you can by submitting a question for the weekly Friday mailbag. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. You can also leave a comment from any of the shows on YouTube from that week. And I'll get to your questions every single day. Friday, and I'm sure there's plenty of questions when it comes to what the Carolina Panthers are going to do with the sixth overall pick in the draft in a couple weeks. I still have no clue, 22 days out, what they're going to do, which makes Carolina Panthers' decision at six the most interesting decision in probably the entire NFL draft. Like round four, five, six, seven, are we really all that intrigued by the decisions that the team makes? I know that there's some fans out there that talk about, oh, well, they took a long snapper at six. Why would you do that? It's okay, well, whatever. We're more interested in what happens in the first round because those are the guys thought to be the franchise changers. And I do understand that the middle of the draft, 
is where you can find guys who can end up being really good players for you down the road. There's plenty of players out there that are proven examples of being franchise players, Hall of Famers that were not drafted in the first round. That is where you really build your team. But that first round pick, especially when you look here in Carolina, where you only have one pick in the first three rounds currently, as of this recording, that is such an important pick to get right in the way that free agency is set up. The Panthers have a decision to make there at six. Like they can trade back and try to get more picks for the second round and third round to be able to be active on that Friday. I'm sure they still will be trying to find a way to get in there, or they could just stay right there at six and take best player available or go what they need. And we know what the needs are. The top two needs on this roster for the Carolina Panthers are left tackle and quarterback. And there's an argument to be made that left tackle is not a need. I know there's some of you out there who believe that Brady Christensen is a long-term answer that he should have gotten more snaps last year, which I will not argue with you at all that he likely should have gotten more snaps. I know the Panthers wanted to bring him along a little bit slower after the pandemic season at BYU and then come being a third round pick, you know, Hey, they didn't want to throw him out there right away. Instead they brought in Cam Irving and we saw how that, well, that happened prior before they drafted Brady Christensen, but still they wanted to bring him along a little slower. He came in, played, pretty well at the end of the season. Now the advanced analytics, football outsiders, pro football focus will argue otherwise that he was really not that great, but still James Camp and the new offensive line coach here in Carolina has said that he thinks Brady Christian can, can play left tackle. Scott Fitter, the general manager in Carolina said the same thing that they feel comfortable with Brady Christian and they feel comfortable with the state of the offensive line right now. For me, I would feel better if they were able to get someone there at six who could without a doubt and fingers crossed, obviously, nothing's guaranteed with whoever you draft. Panthers have a pretty long history of being successful when it comes to drafting guys in the first round. Of the recent memory, the only one that didn't really work out like over the last 10 years was Vernon Butler. Other than that, you've had plenty of great players pan out here for the Carolina Panthers coming out of the first round. So I looked at six, and I would love a left tackle. Now, there's also the conversation of a quarterback, and we'll continue to have a conversation as the Panthers were very active. We had see, heard the reports from Peter Schrager and everyone out there that the Panthers would be aggressive once again in trying to procure a quarterback of the future after the Sam Darnold experiment did not work last year. The team also says they think Sam Darnold's going to take a leap. But as I've told you several times now, if they really believe that, then they would not be bringing in every quarterback that has a pulse that's eligible for the draft this upcoming April, this April, in a couple weeks. So Desmond Ritter, I saw, is going to be coming in on Tuesday of next week. They're going to talk to Kenny Pickett again, Matt Corral. Malik Willis, um, Bailey Z from Western Kentucky. Don't know his last name. They're going to bring in all these guys, talk to him. Sam Howell as well from North Carolina, local kid. who played at Sun Valley High School here in the Charlotte area. They're going to talk to all of them. And they're very interested in all of them. Now, only three of them maybe are going to be considered, I guess, the first round talents. And that's Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, and of course, Malik Willis, who if they're going to take a quarterback at all, especially at six, that would be the guy I want to see. I like it would probably be Willis and Corral. And then I really don't have any interest in Kenny Pickett at all. Maybe Kenny Pickett comes here and plays well. That would be great. And that would be a dream for all of us. I just don't really buy the Kenny Pickett hype at all. I understand the argument for him as he's the most ready to come in. But what does it look like long term? Can he be good enough to elevate this offense all around him? And it's just not, hey, plug him in. He's got enough players around him. You can get to the playoffs. But can you advance to the playoffs? And more importantly, can you hoist the Lombardi Trophy? and have a parade down Mint Street here in Uptown Charlotte. We will find out down the road if that's going to be the case. If that if they do cross that bridge and go with Kenny Pickett. But there's so there's really there's two options. If you look at it for the Carolina Panthers, 
It's left tackle or quarterback. And we don't really know which one they're leaning on. I saw the report I talked about last week from Ellis Williams of the Charlotte Observer saying that the three players Carolina Panthers would love to take there at six. Ike Iquano from NC State, a tackle. Evan Neal from Alabama, a tackle. And then Malik Willis, a quarterback from Liberty. If they get any of those three players, you have to be happy about that. But there's also the conversation and a debate of best player available. And I bring that up because there's some thoughts. And I saw Jonathan Alexander, the Charlotte Observer, that the Carolina Panthers for the third straight year could use their first round pick on a defensive player. Would that upset you or would you be fine with it? We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes loss and broken protection on every single pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them the try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card something i was surprised to see before recording the show here on wednesday afternoon was a article from jonathan jones of the charlotte observer not jonathan jones jonathan alexander of the charlotte observer jonathan jones formerly of charlotte observer now was that Sports Illustrated? We had him on a show a couple weeks ago. Now it's CBSSports.com. But Jonathan Alexander, also a University of North Carolina alumnus, alumnus, that's that's the right term, right? Yeah, he covers the Panthers. Does a fantastic job with Ellis Williams. Those two guys covering the beat. Both of them, like I said, do a great job. I was surprised to see the headline that he put out there that the Panthers may use another first round pick on defense. Here's why they're open to it. It surprised me because I thought we were sitting here thinking that offense would be the obvious pick and that's not to say the Panthers aren't still feeling that way and not, not necessarily have they ever said that hey it's got to be an offensive player there at six they always talk about best player available which we're going to get into here in just a moment but the consensus out there from everyone who is following this team who does mock drafts and I know there's been a select few like I think Mel Kuyper Jr. that said Trevon Walker out of Georgia would make a lot of sense for the Panthers there at six and also because he meant he said best player available and there's been a uh, Todd McShay, and I think also Daniel Jeremiah in his first mock draft. Now, these guys have done multiple mock drafts. They're, it's a fairly useless exercise, especially in a couple weeks, and it changes, and you have no idea. Like anyone, any mock draft prior to free agency, it's kind of a waste of time. Now, the ones that are going on, a little bit source information, make a little bit more sense. You can kind of follow along with what you're saying. Sauce Gardner, 
that was something that they had suggested. But now that Dante Jackson's here and that you already drafted J.C. Horn, you traded for C.J. Henderson, there's no reason for the Carolina Panthers to or not trade, but to draft a cornerback at six. Like Gardner might be a great player, but we already have Dante. We and we already have J.C. Horn, and you have other players that you hope are going to grow and develop and be the type of players that you want here in Charlotte that can help the Carolina Panthers win down the road. But defensively, do they need anyone else? Like you have your defensive cornerstones in J.C. Horn at, at, at cornerback. You can even throw Dante Jackson here for the next three years. Um, you can also say the same thing about Jeremy Chen at, out in the secondary. Uh, Shaq Thompson there in the middle of defense at middle linebacker. Maybe Derek Brown at defensive tackle. Ito Grossmatos. You've spent a lot of draft capital on these players. And you've signed some players. We were re-signed and, and committed to them in the long term here in Carolina. Knowing that, it doesn't really seem like it's time for the Panthers to do that. And they came out weeks ago, months ago, following the end of the season at exit interviews at Bank of America Stadium and talked about how we spent a lot of time building the defense. Now it's time to focus on the offense. And they've done that by signing Austin Corbett and bringing in Bradley Bozeman, by, I guess, re-signing Ian Thomas, even though we didn't love that, by re-signing or extending DJ Moore. All the things that they've done this past offseason have gone towards trying to fix the offense. And, of course, they filled some of the holes defensively, signing Xavier Woods to be the starting safety opposite of Jeremy Chin, bringing in two different linebackers in Damian Wilson and also Corey Littleton and what they've done on the defensive line by bringing in Matt Ioannidis. They have done things to help fill the holes that were vacated by players like Hassan Reddick and by players like, um, uh, I mean, I guess you could even say Jermaine Carter Jr., who have left Carolina this past season, and Stephon Gilmore, who still remains unsigned by any team, Likely, we'll see if he comes back. Unlikely to come back here to Carolina, especially for a guy who, at his age, wants to be the number one corner. And as we saw last season before J.C. Horn went down, he was the number one corner. Then Dante Jackson was opposite of him. And on draft night a year ago, they said that they brought in J.C. Horn to start opposite of Dante Jackson. Not to say that Stephon Gilmore wouldn't play a major role, but I don't know how much of a major role that really is available for him here in Carolina, just based off of what they've done to try and build a young core there defensively and who they want to, I'm sure, give them the top opportunities to and invest in in the long term. So all that to say, like defensively, they should be set. Like this should not really be a conversation. But according to Jonathan Alexander in an interview on the team website last week, which I imagine was probably with Darren Gant, this was the quote that, and we could always go pass rusher because Brian Burns is coming up. They're going to pick up the fifth year option in a couple weeks here. They have until I think the, Maybe the first of May. I have to double check when that deadline is. Scott Fitter already said multiple times now that, yeah, that's something we're going to do in exercising the fifth year option of Brian Burns. And why not? He used a Pro Bowler last year. He's one of the team, he's going to, I imagine, he's going to be a team captain this upcoming season. He's one of the leaders on this roster, not just defensively, but just overall in that locker room. Of the 53 guys that are going to be playing here in Carolina this upcoming season, like he is going to be one of the leader of all those men. So you want to do right by that guy. But the problem, though, is that. Edge rushers cost a lot of money. I don't know if Brian Burns is currently in the $23, $25 million per year range. I would not say that. Maybe he'll get there one day. That would be great for him. Would it be great for the Carolina Panthers? We'll see. The salary cap is going up, and he is very young. He's only 23 right now. And then going on with the quote, as far as Fitter saying, and we could always use a pass rusher because Brian Burns is coming up. I mean, we'll do the fifth-year option, but if that money gets out of hand, it's better to have somebody ready to go in the hopper. And if you look at what's – on this roster at the edge rusher position, you brought back Marquise Haynes, who has been a good situational rotational 
pass rusher for the Panthers the last couple of years. And I was surprised to see him come back just reading out his tweet um, that day of the exit interviews. It looked like he was saying goodbye to Carolina. Instead, he's coming back to Carolina, I think, in due part because Hassan Reddick went back home to play for the Philadelphia Eagles and got paid. Um, Frankie Louvu was one of the surprises of last season. The thought was when coming from the Jets that he was just going to be a special teams ace, which he was. Uh, especially going back to that black punt, the black punt he had against the Vikings last year. And then he comes in defensively and gives you some really good snaps. And now the thought is from the Panthers and Scott Fitter said this, Matt rules also echoed the same sentiment that he can be a starter for the Panthers. And well, you just look at who's on the roster right now. We'll see how the draft pans out. They're going to start him week one, him and Haynes will get opportunities and gross models will now get opportunities. He won't be a stand up edge rusher per se, but those guys can get the opportunities to fill Hassan Reddick's position. But if you could find somebody else, who could play that position, you could feel maybe better about the long-term um, prospects of what happens there at edge rusher. You have Brian Burns, who you hopefully will resign, and that's a deal that this time next year I hope is done as long as he performs the way that he played this past season. If he does that again, he's a pro bowler again. That price is only going to go up, but still, I don't see Brian Burns being someone who is not going to get a deal done here in Carolina. Things could obviously change dynamics in that relationship between him his agent and the team could always change i just don't foresee there being really any contract issues down the road with brian burns but it is smart on fitter's part to understand that there there's so many different scenarios that could happen there's different timelines that could appear and we're not sure which one we're in like yeah you want brian burns to be here but yeah if the money gets out of control and you already have someone that you drafted with the sixth pick this year then hey well maybe we can let you go and then continue to groom the guys that we have around and just you know, see how it plays out. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. He's going to be here this season. He's going to be here next season. And then after that, hopefully they've already taken care of Brian Burns and we're not having a situation where it does come down to that. Either way, like, would you be upset by that, though? Because for me, it's hard. If they go with an edge rusher instead of one of those stud left tackles, I'm going to be kind of upset about that, considering that I've been just literally banging the table for years, just go get a left tackle. Please find someone in the first round. And now you're sitting there in top 10 with a tackle-rich draft. And you don't have another pick currently, as of this recording, until the fourth round. This is the opportunity to do it. This is the opportunity to get a young left tackle and who you have control of the contract. And with Brady Christensen, like he's going to have to show, if he's going to be left tackle, he's got to show like right away, like this season, that he can be that guy. Because he's not a first-round pick. He has three more years on his rookie deal, and he's also an older player. You can get a younger player, someone who's 22, who can come in and be there right away, day one starter. We can try and bring him along slowly, but you would hope that he could be a day one starter. And then you have that position, fingers crossed, solidified for the next eight to 10 years. That's what I would want to see. And if they go with the defensive player instead of that, that would be kind of a tough pill to swallow. Same thing at quarterback, I think for some people, less for me, I've stated multiple times that, I don't think they necessarily have to take a quarterback now. You have to do it this year or next year. The most logical thing to do at this point, if you want to add to the quarterback room, would be taking someone there in the first round, whether it's at six or trading back. Trading back probably makes the most sense just from the actual cost standpoint of what those players are worth, like Kenny Pickett, who's been mocked the Panthers. Same thing with Malik Willis. They might not actually be worth, and all the draft experts have said this. Plenty of people have said it. None of these guys – or worth a top 10 pick doesn't mean it's not going to happen it's very likely going to happen i'm sitting here right now thinking 22 days away from the draft on that draft night that it's going to happen that they will be taking a quarterback at six that's what i think is going to happen just hearing 
everything that Scott Fitter said about how he feels about the offensive line, what Brady Christensen can potentially do at left tackle and having depth there with Cam Irving, I think that they're going to take a quarterback. And if they don't do that, I know a lot of y'all will be upset, especially if it's a defensive end if or a defensive player at all. If it's, a, if, a, if it's a left tackle, you can't be upset about that. Yeah, you can ask the questions like, okay, we had a left tackle. So, okay, he'll be able to protect Sam Darnold. Or if, you, if they decide, hey, what's Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, if that's something that they want to do down the road, if that price tag comes down and there's mutual interest from all those parties, then you have a better offense line. You have someone to protect those guys who, especially Garoppolo, is often injured. And same thing with Sam Darnold, who's yet to play a full season and stay healthy in the National Football League. But also you're thinking, man, we don't have a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, then what do you really have? Although the roster would be far more attractive if they wanted to be aggressive again next season to try and find a quarterback. Now it also would lead to Matt Rule not being here, which is something that y'all probably want to see anyway. So if it's if it's not a left tackle, then okay, hopefully it's a quarterback. If it's not a quarterback, then hopefully it's a left tackle. If it's somebody else, like a defensive player, ooh, I can imagine there would be Maybe it's not, not picketing, but there'd be some uh, pretty big upheaval from a lot of people here in Carolina Panthers Nation if the Panthers do decide to do that. I, I don't think you should be all that concerned about that. Maybe a little bit of smoke screen there from Scott Fitterer. Everyone in the NFL knows what they need. Left tackle, quarterback, that should be the pick there at six. And if it's Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal, Malik Willis, I think the Carolina Panthers are sitting there in good shape moving forward into the 2022 season, even if for then and now the quarterback position isn't necessarily answered for the immediate future or the immediate, I mean, at least for this season, but for the future might be in good hands. Speaking of the future, what is going on down in York County in Rock Hill with the Carolina Panthers HQ and all of the drama, Eric Spanberg of the Charlotte business journal has done a fantastic job covering that. Joe Bruno also of WSOC here, channel nine and Charlotte's done a great job of covering all that. We'll get into David Tepper versus Rock Hill next year on Locked on Panthers. I want to give a big shout out to anyone who right now on April 6th has stuck to their New Year's resolution. I've never been a big resolution guy, to be honest with you. But this year, I decided, all right, let's do it. Let's try it out. And thanks to Bill Parr, I've been able to stick to my my resolution of eating right. And it almost feels like I don't really have a resolution because... I actually enjoy eating them. I also enjoy the Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, every single Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate on every single Built Bar. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting and they're better for you. So go to built.com right now and use promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Woo boy, what a mess that we have here going on in Rock Hill, South Carolina between David Tepper, York County, and the city of Rock Hill as they try to figure out what to do with the Carolina Panthers practice facility in HQ to update anyone who has somehow missed this. David Tepper a month ago decided that he was going to pause construction of the team's future home. Not we'll put future in quotes because we we have no idea how it's going to play out because rock hill was late on the payments and so basically how we got here rock hill north county and south carolina made financial commitments to david sepper for the practice facility in hq work started rock hill failed to issue the bonds for the infrastructure tepper stopped working york county now wants david tepper to fund everything but He'll be reimbursed, and David Tepper has not said yes or no to the deal as of this point in time. I was re- I read like seven different Charles Business Journal articles on Tuesday night just trying to figure out what exactly is the nuances of the situation from how I best understand it. And this is congrats. Thank you to Eric Spanberg, who's done a great job covering the story. For how I best understand it, when it comes to the bonds down there in Rock Hill, Rock Hill does not have the money to just flat out pay give it to David Tepper. They have to ask a loan company to loan them the millions of dollars to give to a billionaire, a man who's worth $16.7 billion. This is new news this week that David Tepper became one of the top 10 richest sports owners, I think, in America. He's the richest owner in the NFL. But $16.7 billion is what this man's worth. And Rock Hill is out here funneling millions of dollars for him to build a practice facility, HQ. There will also be some other public places like a park. There's going to be a shopping center. There will be places for people to live and all that. It sounds going to be a great project for Rock Hill and help revitalize. I mean, it's not revitalized. Rock Hill is a nice place to live as is, but help to build up the infrastructure of that area and in York County. So it would be great. It would be really cool to see. They want to have it look like the star in Dallas with Jerry Jones. And we'll get to him in a second. Built out there in Arlington, and it looks awesome. And that would be really cool. Or maybe it's in Frisco, wherever the hell it is. Whatever. It'd be cool to have that down there. Just go check out. Now, I probably wouldn't spend a ton of time there outside of if I ever get to go down and cover practice and whatnot. But other than that, I, I wouldn't really venture out there very far. But it sounds great for the local area. So where are we going to go? Well, there's basically three options. A new deal between Rock Hill uh, York County, South Carolina, David Tepper will occur, or David Tepper accepts the current um, York County proposal to pay for everything, then be re- reimbursed, or C, David Tepper, David Tepper rejects York County's proposal and a lawsuit's filed and half-built structure remains. <laughs> it's just not the best PR right now for David Tepper. As I see it, like Rock Hill made a commitment and is not able to fulfill that commitment, and that's an issue. Also, it's a commitment that they probably shouldn't have made because, again, David Tepper is worth $6.7 billion. Now, you stay rich like that by not spending your own money, which David Tepper doesn't want to do. 
know, I have also seen that by the end of the project, $2 billion of private funds would have been put into the overall project. So he's putting in a lot of money. He just wants some tax breaks. He also wants another money because, hey, I'm going to build this for you and for my team. But I also want you to be able to come over here and enjoy it and have concerts at the facility, going to use high school, high school football games at the 5,000 seat stadium. Like this is not just the Panthers home. This is the home to all that love the Carolina Panthers and live in the surrounding area. That's how it's being presented. I call bull crap. Like, yes, you're going to do all that kind of stuff. That does not mean that we should give you our money. Well, not my money since I don't live in South Carolina or York, York County. Living here in Mecklenburg County, I'm sure eventually he's going to take my money to build a new stadium. And I would tell Charlotte City Council and all the future people that want to run for it, take notes. Rock Hill, probably their own fault that they got in this mess in the first place by agreeing to a terrible deal for what's been proven multiple times by economists and plenty of people who cover this kind of stuff that doing these private public partnerships for these kind of things for sports teams is not smart and it's fiscally irresponsible in a city that apparently the city manager is worried about bankrupting the city that's why they're getting a loan like what are we doing here rock hill in your county why are you even getting yourself into this mess and now we're kind of seeing how david tepper is going to operate although you can't really be mad at the guy based off they had an agreement. Now they didn't expect a pandemic to occur and all the other financial issues that have now happened. And now it costs a little bit more than they thought it was going to cost because that happens all the freaking time. But I also asked last night, who could have foreseen Rock Hill not being able to afford this? And I'm not trying to like really pick on him, but come on. This is one of the things where like you, when David Tepper wanted to leave and go down to South Carolina and try and use that, I think as leverage down the road that, Hey, if Charlotte isn't going to be what I want, Mecklenburg County isn't going to be what I want, I'll go down there and build my own stadium. Like, go by all means, go do that. You want to leave Uptown Charlotte, go have your stadium out in the middle of, I don't know, some random plot of land like other teams have done, go ahead, do that. But it doesn't really make the most sense to me, at least I don't think so. And I'm not really worried about him ever moving the team either because where is he going to go? St. Louis told Stan Kroenke to shove it. He went down to L.A., built his own stadium, which makes a lot more sense to spend $5 billion, whatever it was, build a stadium in L.A. than St. Louis. Uh, the Spanos family that now shares the same building there at SoFi Stadium in LA. They, San, San Diego told them to shove it. Like, where are they going to go? You're going to put in another team in Chicago? I doubt that's going to work. Uh, where are they going to go? So I'm not really concerned. And the NFL is not going to lose the Carolinas in the Charlotte market. But David Tepper doesn't get what he wants with all the commitments that he wants. But practice, and I'm sure the practice facility will get figured out. He had, I mean, they're going to, Rock Hill doesn't want this stain on, on themselves, and your candidates want to stain. Like, if they are not able to get this deal done, it's going to show other businesses across the country that might look at going down there and being in the Charlotte area to not want to do business with them because of how things have played out with David Tepper. I'm sure it will all get worked out in the end. Tepper owns the land. Like, he's not just going to leave a half built structure sitting there. They're going to build the HQ. It's just going to get a little bit further delayed. I don't know how this is all going to play out in the end. But as far as anyone out there who's concerned about what the future looks like, if he's ever going to move the team, where is he going to go? Like the NFL, he gonna, he's going to get to go to London. He's going to move the team, turn the team to Germany. He's going to move down to Mexico City. I guess those are all options. But is the NFL really just going to try and get rid of the market that they have here? They, they don't, they're not Major League Baseball. You get, with Major League Baseball, you have a huge gap between Washington, D.C., and Atlanta. And there's been talk that it would make sense to have a team here in Charlotte. If we find a billionaire who wants to do it, then by all means, do do whatever the hell you want. In the NFL market, they're not going to have a huge gap between Washington and Atlanta. Like the Panthers, they're not going anywhere. And if that day ever happens, then, well, I guess I'll eat crow, but I'm not really worried about that day ever happening. Folks in Rock Hill, though, I feel for you. I know there's plenty of people out there probably hoping that this thing can work out. 
and that, you know, this can actually help their businesses in the future. It just is a head scratcher how cities continue to get themselves in this kind of mess while they're giving millions of dollars to people who have plenty of money to build it. Again, like I said earlier, that's why David Sepper is a billionaire because he's a great businessman and he doesn't spend his own money when he doesn't have to. So I don't know. Kudos to him. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. That's going to wrap it up here on this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Thanks, everyone who supported the show so far. Also, be sure to watch the show. Not watch the show. You can still watch the show. I don't know. But listen to the show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all the other podcasting platforms out there. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find Locked on Panthers and all of the shows are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to make us your first listen every day. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me, at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, or leave a comment from any of the shows between Monday and Thursday over on the Locked On Panthers YouTube page. In the meantime, be safe, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.